0: Hello and welcome to the CEO Blind Spots Show, where leaders reveal their blind spots and best practices. I'm your host, Gate Camps, and today's guest is Alan Heskamp, who is the president of Heskamp & Associates. And before that, Alan, you worked at a large company, made your way through the top until you decided, and it was John Deere dealerships, and you decided to finally go off on your own. And I think you ended up having five dealerships and grew them very successfully before you sold them. And then you Try to retire, but you started Hess as Camp and Associates because you kept getting requested to help others. And you and I met because we were both board members of the Gulf Coast Workforce Board. So welcome to the show, Alan. Thank you, Bigard. It's very good to be here with you. Well, I appreciate you being here because you've had so much experience as a leader and you've had so many successes. Can you share one or two reasons you think you've been so successful as a leader?
1: Probably what stands out foremost in my mind is I've just been really lucky over my life to be associated with people who were so intelligent and so much wiser than I was and gave me the opportunity to learn from their traits and pick and choose as I saw them proceed through their professional life. to help form the kind of person I wanted to be early in my life was probably the best thing that happened to me. And and it was luck, but it was very helpful. Mm -hmm. And from that, I started as a marketing trainee for a large corporation, Deer & Company, and I was with them 17 years and ended up my career with them in charge of the southwestern part of the United States.
0: And Alan, when you worked at that company, did they have any kind of leadership development training that they gave you? Or you, as you said, you just lucked out and found a few mentors who helped you out?
1: Uh, They had an extensive leadership training program that I was assigned to. Most of my career, I was constantly attending various seminars of improving my writing communications, my verbal communications, being a better negotiator, handling myself more professionally, as well as technical skills. With on the computer and and various softwares. I always took full advantage of every opportunity to improve in that way and coupled with just being able to work with some really great people and learn from them by just simply observing them and, and having long talks with them.
0: Yes, actually now that you say that, one of your great successes is being a lifelong learner. Were you born that
1: way or I'm curious. I've always been curious and I hope I will always be curious. I'm always looking to learn something new every day, seeking new information. I'm just I'm I'm a curious guy.
0: Is that why you also decided to get your pilot's license? Yes,
1: I wanted to know what it was like to fly, so I did. I've got my pilot's license, partly out of passion to to learn to fly, but also as a practical tool to use in my businesses over the years, uh, just to help me get places quicker and more efficiently, and at the same time have the experience of, of flying myself.
0: Great. So then, tell me, what was the turning point where you decided to, rather than work for someone, start being your own boss, so to speak? I
1: was enjoying my corporate umbrella with all the benefits and my regular paycheck, but I was always a little bit. ANSI to make something with my own name on it. And I had an opportunity to go into a John Deere dealership, which is what I was doing for the company was working with John Deere dealers across the country. And I took advantage of that opportunity to go in and into two stores, two dealerships and and take over the partial ownership and full management of that and, and grow that business over a seven-year period. And ended up acquiring three more dealerships and ended up with five. During that time, was able to fortunately quadruple my number of employees, triple my market share and increase profits fivefold and build the business up to to be successful where then I had the opportunity to sell it. So I took advantage of that.
0: Well, then you naturally have teed it up for me to ask the question, someone like you who's had such great success and you continue to now actually help a lot of your clients achieve that success. Did you ever struggle as a leader or have any leadership blind spots yourself?
1: I certainly did. Coming out of a corporate environment to more of a personal, smaller scale business. One of the challenges for me that was Admittedly, difficult to overcome was having multiple locations that I was overseeing and getting to know the people in each of those locations well enough. When I wasn't at each location every day, I could only afford to spend maybe one day a week at the most at each of my five dealerships. So that's a limited amount of time that I have to make an impression on employees and to give leadership guidance, and and that was difficult to overcome. I really had to focus on my communication skills and getting around to talk to as many people as quickly as possible. But yet, still having good conversations with them.
0: Well, and what did you struggle with? That had you realize you needed to figure that out.
1: I was very busy learning to run my business. How wanted my strategy to take to, to look like? What my vision was, and busy hiring employees that to fill key positions, salary compensations. As I was acquiring other dealerships, bringing their culture, which is different than the culture of. That i was trying to create bringing their culture into my culture and, and getting them to buy in i was very busy and what i found myself doing is i was going to my stores and i was talking to the key people i was on the phone half the time that i was at the store and i wasn't getting around to talk to the employees. I noticed a, that there was a real lack of morale at, at one particular dealership. And I was concerned about it. And I really wanted to know what I could do or what I was not doing right there to, to lead to that lack of, lack of morale that I noticed. So I, I did an anonymous survey of every employee in the dealership all the way from the top to the bottom. And it was, I hired a third party to do it. And I gave them a questionnaire with lots of open-ended questions. And I wanted them to be truthful with me. I didn't want to know who was who was saying that I didn't want anybody to feel like they were could get in trouble. And from that, I learned all of my fault (laughs) and faults of some of my policies as well. But I learned a lot from that exercise. And when I really boiled it down to what I needed to work on, and it was simply communication and making every employee feel like they were part of something bigger and part of the company and not just an important part of the company and not just an employee.
0: Wow. So first of all, amazing that you did that, that you actually sought feedback from everybody about you and made it safe for them to give you feedback. But also amazing that you noticed that there was a morale issue. Was Did you notice that because of turnover or how did you notice that? I noticed
1: it from just a feeling that I had. Maybe Comments from customers that mm-hmm. would do business there, comments from some of my key employees there about some dissatisfaction. It was not a, a single event that had me say, wow, I've got a morale problem. But it was there was people getting to work late. There was people not, in my opinion, giving their all. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't anything major. It was a, a whole bunch of subtle things that just gave me a feeling that there was an uncomfortable about that store in particular.
0: So you actually took action on it. And then how long did it take to turn that around?
1: I concentrated not just at that dealership that I did the survey, but all of my stores Mm -hmm. and becoming better at getting around and and being an advocate for my visions and also, but learning the names of their wives and their children and and some of the things that are important to them. As much as I could, I I tried to communicate with as many employees as I possibly could. And I became more of a, almost a cheerleader, a boss Mm. in a sense. And, and I, I think I saw the results. It took, honestly, it took probably six months to a year to really notice a difference, but people, but suddenly my employees were more responsive to me and I felt like they were listening to me because I was listening to them.
0: Very good point. Yes. And then obviously you experienced the results and were able to, to sell at a good place. And what then had you decide to help other companies and do business valuations?
1: I had the opportunity to sell my ownership interest in the dealership business I had built over seven years. And I took advantage of that and I wasn't ready to quit. I think I was maybe 45 or six years old at the time. And I just, because of my reputation in the area, people were just calling me and asking me for, can you come help me with, do a business strategic plan at my dealership? Can you come over to my business and, and help me figure out how I can do a succession plan and have it be fair. It just kind of evolved into a, a, another business for me. So I went ahead and formed a couple of corporations and did and started an appraisal business, which is a form of valuation, and also started a consulting business where I worked with managers of businesses and mergers and acquisitions and valuations of their businesses. It evolved and it's something I enjoy doing. So I built that up and I think I do a pretty good job with it and I work as much as I want to.
0: Yes. And, and on top of that, you're a board member several places. How much do you think you're, I know you got a degree in mechanical engineering. How much do you think that helped you in your success?
1: I was an engineer for the first three years of my career designing transmissions, but it, my engineering degree really did not directly help me in what I ultimately did with my life, but it indirectly helped me tremendously because I learned when, as an engineer, you learn to solve problems mm-hmm. and you learn to create, you, you learn to be creative in solving those problems. And really most of what happens in business and in life in many instances Simply solving problems and look trying to look at a problem objectively and look at all various different potential solutions and picking what looks like to be the best and then developing a strategy to pursue that solution. And I got a lot of that training from my engineering background, but I didn't use my engineering knowledge directly.
0: Right. Yeah. I was always curious how we're able to transition because not all engineers can. And then on top of that, I'll say one more thing and, and then we can start to wrap up the show. But you received the award for an outstanding Christian leader. How did that come about?
1: That was through a civic organization in the community that I live in. Along with business, I've always tried to contribute to the community in various ways. And the board, Birgit, that you and I served on is one of those in Houston. But in my small town that I was in, I also was involved in many civic activities. And it was, I honestly didn't, I wasn't even familiar with that award, but I was notified that I received it one year and I was grateful.
0: Yes. And I'm I'm grateful that you chose to be on our show and contribute to other leaders and, Grateful to have known you for a while. So is there any last piece of advice you want to give?
1: When people ask me a question like that, I, I respond with persistence in learning how to listen, hmm. really listen. It's difficult to, to be a good listener because your mind can go so much faster than you can take in what someone's telling you. So your mind will tend to wander and intently listening and paying attention to what someone is saying is difficult and really takes a, a focus and a certain discipline to do that. But I do think it's extremely valuable to be a good listener.
0: Yes, and I'm glad you described what you meant by a good listener because just not talking does not mean listening, right? Right. So, Alan, I know you only have so many hours in the day, but if there is a CEO or someone who wants to reach out to you, are you willing to share with us your information? Absolutely. So is it ahescamp at sbcglobal.net? Is that a good way to reach you? And I'll put it in the description as well.
1: That's an excellent way to reach me, Birgit.
0: Great. And then you could get lots of call for lots of people but who's your ideal client?
1: Someone who has built a business and possibly it's gotten bigger than they have and having trouble delegating authority to other employees, letting go of some things that were that they did to build that business, to let it grow larger yet. And to lead and to lead from a little different platform than let a little less hands on. I really enjoy helping people figure out how to do
0: that. Fabulous. Well thank you again so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you, Birgit. Good to hear from you.